3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: Hello and happy Friday, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Friday, November 20th. Great Thursday night of football. Big, big weekend ahead. We will be giving away money a little bit later in the show. Very excited. I'd love to just give away money because, as we saw, Thursday night, your boys winning some bets. Thank you. Seattle, Arizona under hits. There was a little bit of a sweat there in the fourth. Um, Really good game. We will dive into that. We will also look at a pretty significant NBA trade that went down Thursday. And, uh, you know, Nice move for the Golden State Warriors. I, I like it. Like, listen, they don't have a lot of options, given Klay Thompson's situation, but it was a good move. And Rob G. has a incendiary take that uh, I, I'll try to remain calm about, but uh, we will unveil that in a little bit. I want to quickly just start with Thursday Night Football. Seahawks win 28-21. Listen, I told you guys, I like Arizona, but I just had a feeling that they wouldn't be really in a good spot here. They trailed the entire game, uh, came out listless, two straight three and outs to start the game, and uh, they were never really able to get their patented running game on track. I mean, they they ran for 57 yards. That's it. Like That's not going to cut it. Meanwhile, Seattle got Carlos Hyde back, and if you remember, without Hyde or Carson, they have no running game, and they can't do anything. They rushed for 165 yards against Arizona. Uh, it was a really good rushing performance. And here's the big picture storyline, okay? Seattle Seahawks take over first place in the AFC West, and they're about to get hot, folks. And the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to get the number one seed in the NFC. Yes, you heard it. Seattle on pace right now to get the number one seed and a bye in the NFC playoffs. And I know you're saying, well, Jay, what are you talking about? They're only 7-3. and three. You got to look at the schedule. Up next, a trip to the East Coast to play the Eagles, who are very hit and miss. Seattle probably will be favored in that one. Then they play the Giants. Then they play the Jets. Okay? It's pretty nice to have the NFC leased at the back end of your schedule. We know the Giants stink. Okay? They've been a little competitive, a little frisky here. Seattle will probably be favored by four to seven. Then they play the Jets. Both of those are at home. Okay. And then they go east to play Washington. So you basically have four straight games you should win. So now you're the seven and three quickly becomes 11 and three. Then it's the rematch with the Rams, and the Rams have had their number. Rams have won five of six. And then they close out with the Niners, who are so beat up. Kittle unlikely to be back. Jimmy G won't be there. I don't think the Niners win that. So Seattle, by virtue of this victory, takes the lead in the division. And probably sets himself up to win five of their final six and go about 13 and three. Um, Listen, that's definitely going to be in play. 12 of four, 13 and three, definitely in play. And Seattle gets that number one seed. And folks, I know people can be down on Seattle for the defense. Um, Last week they held the Rams in check 23 points. This week they hold the Cardinals to 21. Those are two high octane offenses. Starting to get better. Carlos Dunlap, the midseason pickup, two sacks Thursday, two tackles for loss, including the game winning sack on fourth down of Kyler Murray, who nobody can sack. Okay. And I think that running back situation is huge because what did the addition of Hyde mean for Metcalf and Lockett? They were able to eat Lockett, nine catches. Metcalf got back on track with three catches, a big TD catch, drew a huge. Uh, pass interference to set up a field goal late in the first half. Uh, You never want to go overboard based on one win, but things are setting up really nicely for the Seattle Seahawks. If you have any interest in maybe a Super Bowl futures ticket on Seattle, now is certainly the time to do it before they get hot. Obviously, you would have liked to get it earlier in the week, Um, but Seattle, folks, listen, I don't love this team. I don't think they're the best in the NFC, but when you factor in The New Orleans Saints injury to Drew Brees. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Jameis Winston, I don't think he's somebody I can trust. We saw Teddy Bridgewater fill in admirably last year for Brees. Five games, 5-0, 5-0 against the spread. Do you trust Jameis Winston to do that? First big test this weekend against the Falcons. And um, money is showing in the desert on the Falcons. So uh, the big professional gamblers already not trusting Jameis. And I don't know that I do either. If Jameis can't win these games, say he fills in for four games and they go two and two, Seattle probably passes them. And I know the Packers have an easy schedule. They will certainly be in the mix um, with Seattle for the number one seed. Big spot for the Packers here against the Colts this weekend. We will definitely talk about that game in the best bet. Rob G., any thoughts on uh, Seattle taking down Arizona in what I thought was a pretty good game?
5: Yeah, I thought it was a really good game too. Um, the, the one takeaway I had, and I know that Kyler was a little bit banged up with the shoulder, yeah. he said after the game he was fine, but you could tell he was obviously a little bit limited, just a little. Um, it felt like you saw the difference between the guy who's on the come up, which is Kyler, and the guy who's already there, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And I know the numbers you know, don't really bear that out because you know Kyler threw for more yards, but just if you watch the game, you saw that Russell Wilson – didn't make the same kind of mistakes that a young quarterback would make. He's more the evolved version. Just looking at that last drive, they marched all the way down Arizona and got right past midfield very quickly. And suddenly, for whatever reason, Kyler Murray decided, I don't need a first down anymore, I'm going to go touchdown. And it's incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. And it's like... That's something like only a young quarterback
4: does. Well, let he, me say, did you think Isabella should have caught that or uh, the one over the middle? I thought they were both catchable. I, I could have. I, they're not going to throw a flag there, but it looked like on the first one, the DB was there a moment early. But again, to Larry
5: Fitzgerald, yeah, I think you can make a case that that could have been. I mean, but at that point in the game, it's rare that they're going to make that call when it's that close. Yeah. The the Isabella pass, I felt hung up in the air just a yeah. second too long. That was about it. And, and and like I say, it's not like he didn't play well or he was a bad game. It was just you see the, the maturity-level difference between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray last night. And, you know, as you said, this could be the difference between <sighs> who wins the NFC West and who's a wild card. So that was a big game.
4: Yeah, Arizona, by the way, uh, they were a little dinged up. You noticed the defensive line. I know they had some sacks early. They're down two defensive linemen in Arizona, and that hurts. You know, you, you get pushed around the line of scrimmage, puts a lot of pressure on Kyler playing from behind all night. Um, So that wraps up a a pretty good Thursday Night Football. And again, the under cash, So we'll take that. Um, Rob G., before we get to the NBA, do you want to identify the three victors for the greatest
0: comment on the iTunes contest? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside.
5: Putting me on the spot, but luckily I have them saved here right in my phone. There's There was plenty to choose from. I will <coughs> say that. Give kudos out to the uh, Straight Fire listeners. A lot of good stuff. So I, it was tough to nail down to three. But I did pick three that I liked. So let me know, Jason. If you're on board with it, You give me the executive decision to make these choices. I will give you the three that I chose. Fire when ready. The first one I chose is from a Pirate Stereo. Gave us five stars, of course. Here's what he said. J Money Mac and Rob Jesus are the best in the business. One-stop shop for sports news, poignant commentary, and unique perspective on all things NFL, NBA, and, of course, sports betting. J-Max deep dives into look-ahead lines, injury reports, and his overall feel for teams will Ooh. guide the way week Jeez. to week. Who is this guy? Daily support from the one and only Rob Jesus <laughs> makes this an easy, breezy listen and the clear choice to start your day. <laughs> no better sports pod. Trust the process. <laughs> Rob
4: Jesus. That reminds... Okay, so Pirate Stereo. Hit me up on the, on the gram or Twitter and I'll, I'll send you a, a crisp Benjamin. Rob G. I saw a bunch of social media activity Thursday night centered around, like, a, a wrap-off on verses. I, yes. I got to plead ignorance. This is good. I, I was too embarrassed to ask this when I saw it. Was this on television? And if not, where was it? And, like, what what went down?
5: Well, I did not watch last night's verses, but the ones I have have always been on Instagram Live.
4: Oh, okay. Okay.
5: So that would be the one. And it was Jeezy um, versus uh, Gucci Mane. And apparently it was a bloodbath that uh, <laughs> that Jeezy kind of gave it to him. I didn't, get, I, didn't get, I didn't get to watch it, but I heard it was not close.
4: Okay. All right. I'll have to look into that. Um, for I, saw, I thought I saw one tweet, and it was like, I thought some person wrote Jay-Z. I'm like, why is Jay-Z in a wrap-off on Instagram Live? And I was like, I, you know what? I'm not going to focus on that. Let me get down. Let me watch the game. And I had to put the kids.
5: Well, did you see the, the people that. on social media who were upset because the ESPN Twitter handle was was putting out promos for it, and then at the end say, hey, who did you have in this one? It's like, well, you know, there's a NFC West clash going on. Wait, 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 no, I did
4: not see that. What What? Yeah,
5: because, I mean, the guys, let's be honest, the people who run social media (laughs) for these big companies are not exactly middle-aged, you know, upper management kind of guys. They're usually people in their early to mid-20s because they know what's hip. They have this lingo. They drop emojis on things. Okay. So whoever runs the ESPN handle Uh, before the versus battle had put out a a graphic promo saying, who do you got in this versus battle? GZ versus Gucci. And, you know, people vote because it's a lot of kids on Twitter, young people, whatever. And then in the middle of the game, as the the versus uh, battle is wrapping up, they're saying, who do you think won that one? And there were so many... Middle-aged sports fans, like, you know there's a big primetime game going on right now. It's only the two best teams in a division. It's only going to determine who gets a wild card. Well, Who cares about a rap battle? It's like, dude, if you're on Twitter getting mad about that, then... Yeah. Well, listen,
4: that, anybody who's online is angry. That people just... You, you just hop on and you just want to yell at somebody and be pissed off, right? Isn't that what they do?
5: I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like to say that's not true. But and yeah, and like true.
4: this wrap-off thing is clearly um, uh, skews a little younger than me for sure. This is like the, the stage I'm in. My daughter's watching some elf show on Nickelodeon. And they're like, coming up, special social media star, Addison Ray. And I was like, so I look up, you know, I assume it was a hot chick. And she's very attractive. And so I'm like, okay, I've never heard of this person. So I look her up on Instagram. And I see how many followers she's got. I'm like, what? 31 million followers and I'd never heard of this person in my life? I'm like, that's like a Steph Curry number, okay? Steph Curry's a global brand. I'd never heard of this girl. She was on TikTok. And now she's, you know, attractive, and she's in all these commercials. I, I don't know. But like, wrap-off battles on Instagram Live? Is that where we are in 2020, Rob G.?
5: Well, I I read online that at one point there were 1.6 million people watching that live on Instagram Oh my live. gosh! And and then I, I must say a big boost of it probably this may be why ESPN uh, ran with it on Twitter is LeBron I think promoted it twice. Like oh I'm so hyped for this versus battle. This is going to be a good wait, one.
4: Wait wait oh okay. Oh. So that so could so I be. I wonder it too. if they're paying guys like a LeBron and ESPN to to pump it up.
5: If they are, it's a great idea. It's working, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
4: like it's- well, I will say, and again, we're way off topic here. We still got to give away some money and get back to the NBA. Rob G., did you notice that LeBron this week on his Instagram stories pumped up some rapper and was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous? So I just clicked through and watched it, and it's this guy at a radio interview, and he just starts freestyling. And I got to give it to him. The guy was really, really good. Uh, young Simba or something like that. Do you know who I'm talking about? No idea who okay. that is. I got to just say, this guy off the cuff, and it was so good. I was so blown away. I just show it to my son, who's nine, about to be 10. And you know, and I didn't realize. Uh, I stopped watching after like 15 seconds. I'm like, oh, Bryce, you got to see this. And then, of course, he's like dropping the N-bomb and saying bad words. I was like, all right, all right, we got to dial this back. Let's, let's not watch the whole thing.
5: That's his um, poor parents. Yes,
4: very part. poor. But I didn't think LeBron <laughs> would share something like that. Uh, you know, I mean, my son, you know, he knows some rap songs. And young kids like rap. Anyways, let's get back to the uh the comments, the iTunes. Pirate Stereo, you're our first victor.
5: Next. Uh, number two, uh, this is from Buildert. B-I-L-D-E-R-T. The headline is The J Mac Attack is back, Jack. So <laughs> He had a really long comment. He even gave some highlights on what to expect in each episode, which is are you serious? Bill Dirt, creepy. Show it out. He's like, hey, check out his thoughts on the most recent headlines and in-depth interview. And like, no, I don't need to hear all that because I, you know, work on the show. Right. But this was his actual commentary. Said, listen, I know there's a metric f-ton of sports pods out there, but I promise you, this one is different. Jason isn't your cookie-cutter analyst. Afraid of the hot takes or stepping on toes, he simply says it like it is. The show pops up on my feed first thing in the morning, so it's the perfect listen on the way to class or work, and it always gets me fired up for whatever the day's going to throw at me.
4: I need to hire this guy. I need (laughs) this guy. as like my hype man. I love this. Bill Dirt.
5: Producer Rob G. might be the best in the biz right now, and he offers his own thoughtful and intriguing analysis on the biggest and most underrated sports stories of the day. And then again, he gives you a full-on dude, explanation of what you can get in every episode, which is... This dude is He bold. might as well produce it at this point, because, you know, he's, he breaks it down thoroughly. Hit
4: me on the on the gram or, the, uh, or Twitter, and I'll send it your way.
5: All right, so that's two down. Who is our third victor? Our third victor... This is going to be tough to find, because his name is Family First, with the emoji of the hands going up. I don't know what that means. Oh, I
4: like that. Hey, Family First, man. Listen, I know we got a lot of degenerates out there. Um... We also have a lot of young punks uh, who are like in their 20s because I I get the the IG DMs all the time. Thank you guys for listening. Family first, family guy, I would assume.
5: I like that. I I would assume so. This is what he said. This is right to the point. Jason, my name's Eric Marconi. I'm a soldier stationed at JBLM in Washington. One of my favorite times of the day is when I drop my son off at daycare and I can listen to your pod on the way to work you know your stuff and it's just enjoyable to listen to. It's not loud with a bunch of unnecessary yelling to get your point of view across to the audience. You are a family man just like myself which I truly respect.
4: Damn, dude. Family first. Hey, thank you for your service and uh And and
5: and just so you know family it. first he does let his kid listen to explicit. Yeah, music. no no, listen. I so, uh, listen, you, know. But, uh,
4: you know let me add this one. So um you guys have seen Point Break, the original with Swayze and uh, Keanu Reeves, right? That's odd. everybody's seen that. You've seen it, right, Rob G? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So it was on today while I was working and the kids were home, and I, um, I'm like, guys, guys, come here, you got to see this. This is the, it was the football scene on the beach at night, um, and like I just love that. It's like football, the beach, tackling, and like nearly a fight, and um, and then I showed them another scene that was, you know, the the fight scene when um, Keanu Reeves like is riding a surfboard and like gets in a guy's way and then they four guys jack him up. Uh, one of them is Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do you know that scene, Rob G? Yes,
5: I do. Yeah, it's By awesome. the showers.
4: Yeah, the showers. Yeah, and, and it's this awesome fight and my daughter halfway through is like, Dad, you've shown us this so many times. I was like, damn, my bad. I, I just like that scene. Okay, I, I've gone a little overboard here. Um, anyways, Pirate Stereo, Bill Dirt, Family First. Hit me up. I'll send you the money over Venmo. Thank you. I can't wait to do this in December. We'll definitely do it before the holidays. All right, Rob G. Let's pivot to the NBA. Um, Kelly Oubre is one of the most expensive signings <laughs> in NBA history. He's going to the Warriors, and his salary is fourteen point four million. But it's going to push the Warriors into the luxury tax, so you got to tack on an extra sixty-eight mil, and essentially the Warriors owners. To get Kelly Oubre are essentially going to have to write a check for in the neighborhood of $100 million to $134 million for Kelly Oubre, a no-defense-playing offensive machine. Um, I, listen, I think when you lose Klay Thompson, you've got to make a move. The fan base was devastated. It, listen, it's a tough sell that the Warriors can get back anywhere without Klay. What can you do? You can spend money. And... I respect the Warriors for giving it a shot. I definitely do. That new arena, you got to have fans in it. They're going to be shelling out all the money to make sure that the tests are right so they can have fans next year. Oubre, only 24 years old. He pumped in 18 a game last year. I think he could be a 22-point-a-game guy. You get Ubre, Wiggins, Curry. I don't know if Wiseman's going to be ready yet. Um... You've got the makings of a team that's probably 72-game season. I don't know. They're probably a 40-win team, right? 40-32, and 32 maybe, uh, in the 5-8 to eight playoff range. There's not a lot of room for error. If you lose Curry, you're screwed. Um, and you've got to hope guys like Paschal and Poole can be pivotal off the bench. I, I'm too into the Warriors to, to totally sell them. Um, I, I like Kelly Oubre. I, he's just going to have to play defense, like, him and Wiggins are not known as defensive guys, but that's going to be a bet over team this year because they're going to make a lot of threes.
5: Okay, so this is this is going to lead me into my take here. Before I get to it, i got to ask you a question. What, in your opinion, would constitute a successful season for this Warriors team, knowing that they don't have Klay Thompson and we'll assume that for now they don't make a trade, just whatever they have right now, Calais Ubre is their big addition. What <coughs> would you consider a successful season?
4: So... Assuming everyone's healthy, right? And plays, you know, what are 65 games? Yep. Six, yep. Okay. Um, make the playoffs and without your second best player. Is it safe to say that? He's your second best player?
5: Of course, yeah. Okay.
4: Um, I think being competitive in a first round series would be a win. Getting out of the first round series would be a successful season. Um, if they're the eighth seed, going to be a tough sledding. Um, I think they've really got to go for the 5-6 seed. Uh, You don't want to play the Lakers or Clippers first round. But think about it. If Kawhi loses Paul George, what's a successful season? Obviously, Paul George is better than Clay, but you know what I mean. If AD goes down, what's a successful season? Like, anybody loses their second-best player. If Jokic loses Murray, Denver's nothing. If Porzingis goes down, uh, Luka's limited. He can't do that much without him. So, I would say, you know, I'm going to dial it back. Getting to the playoffs and being competitive in the first round, not getting swept, winning a couple games, successful season.
5: See, and I think that that should be the bare minimum for this team. Well, yeah. When you. you, you,
4: Sorry, let me add one thing. When you got a $100 million luxury tax bill, yeah, it's probably that's not going to cut the mustard. You're right. So they got to get out of the first round.
5: Well, this is what I mean. Because you brought up, you know, if Paul George gets hurt, if Anthony Davis gets hurt, with those guys, you know, Maybe not the Clippers, you know. they're probably a bad example because they have depth. But the Lakers are very top-heavy. You know, Dallas doesn't really have a ton of depth. That's why they had to make a trade to uh, to pick up um, Josh Richardson. Um, uh, Portland obviously doesn't have much depth. Like you know, other than maybe Denver and the Clippers, there's nobody who's really has more than two or three really good players and then a bunch of role guys. Right. So. The Golden State Warriors, even without Klay Thompson, who I thought if they were healthy, they would have been the biggest test to the Lakers. They have Steph Curry. They got a three-time all-star and all-defensive player in Draymond. Right. Now they got Ubre and Andrew Wiggins, which both guys are right about 18 to 20 points a game on, on other teams.
4: Neither of them have ever made the playoffs, right? That's
5: fine. Right. They got a, a the, the, arguably the best rookie big man in the draft. I would say he's the best. And a Hall of Fame coach. If Steph Curry is really the second greatest point guard or the greatest point guard whatever you're definitely he's somewhere second, in the top 2. Right. How is that not enough for you to at minimum be getting a top 4 seed?
4: Hmm. Well, now that I've given it some thought as you were explaining that, you you bring up some good points. Um, let me add this. <clears throat> because the Warriors missed the playoffs, they haven't played a basketball game in Eight months. They're gonna be very well rested. You look at teams like the Lakers, um, they're gonna be exhausted. They were playing in October. Season starts in December. Um, Denver Nuggets played what three, seven game, two, seven game series. I mean, they 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 have they had to be exhausted. And the quick turnaround time, that's gonna be new for them. Uh the Clippers, they were playing into late September, early October. Like there were some of these playoff teams who were just gonna be drained. And there's going to be some bad teams, i.e. the Warriors, who didn't get to invited to the bubble, and there's no excuse for them not to come out and beat some ass. Like, Draymond Green has to be playing. Like, there's no nights off. I don't think you could take nights off. Um, so, I, 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 I don't know. Let me ask you this, Rob G. And we'll probably save this more for, for later, but a team like the Lakers, how many games are Anthony Davis and LeBron going to play? Seventy-two game season. They were just playing. They just won the title, and now you got to run it back two months later.
5: <laughs> uh, I don't think that LeBron. I know there's a narrative that he's going to be skipping games early in the season. I don't think he's just going to skip. I could see him only playing like twenty minutes or something like but, that. But but that I don't think that's good. I don't think to have to but warm I, up and all that stuff. Right. I I think that that's what they're going to do. I think with them, they're going to say as long as we're <sighs> top four, we're okay. I don't think they're going to come out gangbusters trying to get home court. Again, yeah, I just don't think that they'll have the left. I mean,
4: plus LeBron's right. so competitive, Rob G. You can't have him play 20 minutes. It's a close game with four minutes left and and not have him go in. You know? He's going to want to go in and win the game.
5: Well, it's it's going to be the Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder show to start off with. They, they're only two of the, what, four young guys they have on that roster. So you'll see that a lot. But it's just, I, I think going back to the Golden State Warriors, if I look at the Western Conference, you expect that Houston and OKC are going to fall off. Houston, because we're assuming James Harden's going to get traded. yes. If Steph Curry cannot get his guys ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Damian yeah. Lillard, uh, Devin Booker, then is ah, he really is he really that good? Like yeah. that's the question. If if you're gonna put him on the same you know trajectory, like say, hey, Russell Westbrook got to the eighth seed, and it's like, well, he should be getting p- compared to a higher level than Russell Westbrook. He should be getting compared to a higher level than Damian Lillard. Where he is all time, and especially we got guys like our our good buddy Colin Cowherd saying there's only four players in the NBA who you know immediately if you have them on your team as a contender. It's LeBron, Kawhi, KD, and Steph. If Steph's really that guy, there should be no issue whatsoever, (coughs) given what they currently have on the roster, even without Klay. That's fair. That they should be better than these teams. Yeah.
4: Um, the second best point guard in NBA history thing, I just do want to take credit for being the first to say that on Cowherd show. And I got shredded for it by the Isaiah Thomas fans. And um, I guess there's a John Stockton contingent online. Um, The weird thing is Stockton never had to play without Malone. Isaiah Thomas retired at like 31, 32, maybe it was 32 or 33. Retired young. Some of these guys, we never got to see them later in their career and how they held up. Like I I hope Curry holds up, but this is a guy who's what a buck 85. He's he's you know these these smaller guards like Derrick Rose. Uh, I know he played a different brand than Curry um with driving to the basket, but some of these smaller guards I I, I I don't know about the longevity. Um so yeah, I'm I'm bullish on Curry. Um and I'm hopeful that they can do really really well this season. Um so what what are you saying if Curry Plays a full season, so does Draymond, Wiggins, Ubra, and they miss the playoffs, that hurts Curry's
5: legacy? I think his legacy is pretty much set because he has the unanimous MVP in the three rings. But I think the idea that he is... I think Isaiah Thomas enters that conversation again with him. I don't think it's a shoo-in that he's above Isaiah Thomas anymore. Yeah,
4: Isaiah did go to... Was it three or four straight finals? Um,
5: Well, he, he did beat Jordan, Bird, and Magic in their primes. So that, that's his calling card in that situation. Yeah,
4: no, it's very, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, it, it, that's interesting. Is Listen, Rob G., this is why you're the best in the business, bro. All right, uh, enough NBA. It's time uh, for uh, everybody's favorite portion of the Friday show, the best bets for the
0: NFL weekend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office, and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com/Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com/Colin. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
3: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
4: It's time for the best bet here on Straight Fire. Thought I had a 4-0 last weekend. Ended up 3-1. The Eagles screwed me. Yeah, they did. Philadelphia Eagles. I'm done with those frauds this year. You guys know sometimes you have a decision to make and your heart is saying one thing and your head is saying the complete opposite other. Usually it happens with like women, drugs, alcohol. It happens to me with gambling frequently. And this week I do want to jump on the Eagles. My head and the number is saying Eagles, Jay, come on. And my heart is saying, bro, you've been just beat up by Philadelphia. 0-3 in the Circa contest this year with the Eagles, so I'm not taking them line in the contest is three. I'm punting. I can't deal with the Eagles. So let's get to the picks. I was going to give you four again this week. However, I had to drop one late Thursday night as I was researching. I'll start with the one I dropped. I dropped the Tennessee Titans. And I really liked everything I saw about the Titans uh, in this matchup. Extra time, right, for them to heal following that tough loss to the Colts. You got a Ravens team that got beat up. By the Patriots gave up 170 yards rushing. We know Lamar Jackson and the offense are broken. We were early on that. We've been telling you they've been leaking oil for a good four weeks now. And um, I don't, I don't know that I trust that offense. <coughs> but the real story that I liked about uh, Tennessee here was the ability to get back to Derrick Henry on the ground and. Five snaps into that Patriots game, the Ravens lost Brandon Williams, their nose tackle. They had already been, they didn't have Calais Campbell. And without those two on the line, Patriots rush for a buck 73. Now I know you're gonna say it's a monsoon, Jay. Come on. I'm just telling you, Tennessee is gonna work them on the ground. That's gonna be the game plan. My issues and the reason I backed off Tennessee. I'm t- this is how nerdy I am with gambling, guys. This is, I mean, like, I'm not going to be a, a loser and say this is what it takes to be successful, but I'm going through every team's injury report every night. I know that sounds nerdy. It's just a quick Google. The Tennessee Titans, these seven starters practice on Thursday. Clowney, Humphreys, Adoree Jackson, Ben Jones on the offensive line, Saffold on the offensive line, Kelly on the offensive line. Now, it could just be a rest day. But seven starters missing practice? That ain't a good sign. And Adam Humphreys is the guy who's been a big loss. He got concussed a few weeks back against the Bengals. Took a kill shot. And without him, there's no slot receiver. The backup is a total non-factor. And the defenses have adjusted. They don't have to cover the slot at all. So they can focus on the tight end, Jonu Smith. And they can focus on the line. And, and Henry hasn't had much room to operate. At any rate, I backed off the Titans because of the injuries. Now, if... We proceed the rest of the day, and all those starters are back. I may have to revisit, Um, but I backed off the Titans. So my three picks for the best bet, and um, it feels like a 3-0. It does. I'm going to start. Oh, boy. I'm going back to the well. Give me the Miami Dolphins, favored by 3.5 in Denver. I don't care if it's Brett Rippon. I don't care if it's Drew Locke. doesn't matter to me. I'm riding the Dolphins. Now, there is some risk here, Okay. This game on the look-ahead was a pick 'em. So after Denver vomited all over themselves, five turnovers, um, Miami handily beats the Chargers. The, don't look at the final score. Miami owned the second half. Um, I, I just say I've got to go back to this Miami team. They're better in defense. They're much better in special teams. Uh, that's where they have an edge over almost everybody they play. And I, I, I just I can't make a case to back Denver at home. I know the altitude is an issue. I look at the weather. It's going to be in the high 30s, low 40s. Weather's not going to be an issue. Um, And one big thing is Denver has been prone to slow starts. Remember, against the Falcons, slow start. Against the Chargers, slow start. Against the Raiders, slow start. For whatever reason, Vic Fangio cannot get his team up for the games. Uh, Maybe it's all the guys on IR. um, Whatever the reason, they're slow starters. Miami has a plus 74 point differential in the first half. That's best in the NFL. So if you want to take a nibble on the Dolphins first half, maybe uh, that could be worth something. I just, I know I know Miami's going to struggle. Tua will struggle in this game. It's, it's too much of a layup, okay? I mentioned earlier in the week, Denver against the Raiders last week. Raiders were down. They're both starting tackles. Denver hit the quarterback zero times. I mean, that's unacceptable. Now, they'll hear about it in the film room, and they'll be amped up this week, uh, Bradley Chubb and company. Um, Tua will have a rough game. But this feels like a 17 to 9 type Dolphins win. Um, I like the matchups with Xavier and Howard on Jerry Judy. I'm not starting Jerry Judy in fantasy because Howard is so damn good. Um, I, I just I think Miami's a side here. Special teams, defense, and I think they get just enough done on offense to win a low scoring game. Give me the Dolphins favored by three and a half. <clears throat> All right. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers on the road against the Colts. Now, you guys know I'm bullish on the Colts this year. Um, I've been very accurate on the Colts as well. Uh, Gave him out last Thursday. I just think this is a great spot for the Packers offense to get right. When you look at the numbers here, um, yes, Aaron Jones uh, has been injured. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has been spotty this year. Yes, Devontae Adams missed practice this week with an ankle. Um, There are some questions for the Packers, but... What I can't get over here is when you break down where the Colts have struggled and where they've been good, they're going into a dome in Indy. Aaron Rodgers has played three dome games this year. Um, I think it was Texans and Saints and um, Vikings or something like that. Aaron Rodgers, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 73% completions in a dome this year. He's just slinging it around. like I mean, He's dominating. And there's not going to be a weather element here, obviously, in the Dome. There was a bit of a weather element last week um, at home against the Jags. He didn't look that sharp, but it's the Jags. Easy to play down to their level. Um, I, I think that return of Alan Lazard is huge. Remember, the last game he played, he just ripped the Saints apart. Had like a buck 45 receiving. Awesome performance. And I do think the Colts' defense is legit. No doubt about it. They're going to keep this close. I don't see them getting blown out. However... Looked at the quarterbacks that this defense has faced this year, okay? And I don't want to hear Lamar Jackson because he's not an MVP. He was last year. He's ordinary this year. The best, highest-ranked quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, that the Colts have faced. Kirk Cousins in Week 2 when the Vikings were reeling. And Ryan Tannehill last week. That's it. Aaron Rodgers is a massive step-up in class. I like the Packers here going on the road and get it, <coughs> getting the victory. Excuse me. Jair Alexander, their best cornerback, he's back. Uh, Kevin King, their second-best cornerback, he's back. Uh, I think it'll be close, but give me the Packers getting two points on the road in Indy. And my final pick, uh, it's really a line that confused me initially. Uh, The Tampa Bay Bucks are only four-and-a-half-point favorites on uh, Monday Night Football in what should be a good game. I'm taking Tampa by four-and-a-half. I don't think this will stick around to four-and-a-half. My guess is it could tick up to six. Five, of course, is a dead number. So if it hits five, it could easily go to six. This is the Rams' fifth trip to the East Coast this year. I don't know what Sean McVay did to the schedule makers, but they totally shit on him. It's brutal. Um, That's just unfair. Five trips to the East Coast in the first 11 weeks or 12 weeks of the season, that's just, I mean, that's wrong. Um, And the problem is they've got to make this trip without really the heart and soul of their team Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle veteran. Uh, this is a guy who's 38 years old, one of the premier left tackles in the league. After he left the Seattle game last week, I talked about with this with, this, with Cowherd and Carissa Thompson on our Monday show. Their first drive of the second half was scripted, went down the field, boom, touchdown. The next three drives after that, no Whitworth, against Seattle, a terrible defense. The Rams had, I think, 13 plays for 21 yards. And the inability to move the ball with the lead, I know they're playing a bit safe, got me a little unnerved. That's a bad Seattle defense. Now you've got to do it against a Tampa defense, second in pressure rate, second in blitz percentage. Todd Bowles likes to get after the quarterback. Jared Goff does not like pressure. And I remember when I picked the Dolphins a few weeks back against the Rams? And I said, listen, they're going to blitz the hell out of Goff. They got the cornerbacks to lock them up on the outside. And what did they do all game? Zero blitz. Both safeties at the line, nobody deep. Goff was shook. Same game plan that Brian Flores had in the Super Bowl, okay? I can see Tampa incorporating a lot of the similar elements, bum-rushing Goff and trying to take this game over. Now, my concern for the Bucks is they've played three primetime games this year, 0-3 against the spread. Got their butts kicked by the Saints. Um, didn't cover in a win against the Giants. Didn't cover in a loss to the Bears, Somewhat troubling. Uh, I don't know how much that matters. I think I've read something that Bruce Arians this week is going to try to change the practice times a little bit, maybe get the old man Tom Brady out on the practice field at night because, I don't know, you guys can make jokes all you want. 43-year-old Brady hasn't looked particularly sharp in the three primetime games. Now, we know he's great in primetime with the Patriots, but, you know, weird year. I will say that's not enough to scare me off the Bucks four and a half. The other note... Uh, they did look bad against the Saints twice, the Bucks. In the other eight games, are you ready for this? Seven and one, and they're averaging 33 points a game. So when they don't play the Saints, they're hanging big points on anybody. I do like the Rams defense. Obviously, I love Jalen Ramsey, this new defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. If you remember the podcast we did with Preston Johnson, Sports Cheetah, he talked about an article about Staley. I read that, and I, their game plan against Seattle was phenomenal. However... Now, if you're the Rams, how do you go about Ramsey on Mike Evans, Godwin, or Antonio Brown? And I think I noted this on Monday's podcast. If you look closely at that Buccaneers-Panthers game, who was the receiver on third down that Brady went to almost every time? Antonio Brown. That's his guy. Do you put Ramsey on him? Probably not. Do you put him on Mike Evans? Maybe. Or do you put him on Godwin, the guy who can beat you deep? Um... I do think Ali Marpet, the uh, guard, one of the best guards in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, he's back from injury. Remember, he missed that Saints game, and Brady got hurt. He just beat up three picks. Um, so that'll help against Aaron Donald. I like the Bucks, folks. Minus four and a half. So the three best bets for this weekend. Miami Dolphins favored by three and a half. Tampa favored by four and a half. And the Green Bay Packers getting two points. Guys, it was a phenomenal week. Um, hope you guys had fun listening to the podcast. Next week is Thanksgiving. Be a slightly altered schedule. We will uh, figure that out and tell you about it on Monday. But we'll definitely be back next week. Talk to you then.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I
2: thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is...